On this episode of JR the P. I've been called by God to stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. Who would you like me to condemn? Who would you like me to condemn? Okay, fake news. Stand back and stand by. My fellow Americans, that evil snake. <laughs> I feel like I've been called by God to um, stand back and stand by. Hey, it was a tough number, COVID-19. <coughs> Pandemic sent the whole world into a tizzy for like three plus years. You know what I mean? And, you know, on the other side of it and throughout it, and basically as a constant in my life, all-encompassing, I was raised Christian, came from a Christian background, always had a belief in, always had a belief in God. Sometimes I was a little, like, um, temperamental about it, like, I'm mad at God. I'm not listening. You know, it's like huffing and puffing and stomping around like an adolescent teenager, you know? I'm, you know, I'm rebelling. I'm going to smoke cigarettes and smoke dope. (laughs) I'm reading The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. I'm rebelling. I mean, who hasn't been there in their 20s, you know what I mean? Doing whatever you got to do to get pussy. Not exactly proud of it, you know? Gacking up whatever you can gack up your nose, smoking whatever you can smoke into your lungs, gulping back whatever you can flush down your gullet, you know? The turbulent 20s. So, you know, coming up as a grimy, young grimy. Now the habits behind me, all that hell on earth type of stuff. Always wanted to know God, always believed in God, always sought a faithful path. And, you know, through pandemic, I've reconnected, so to speak. Been reading my New Testament. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Boom. What's happening, y'all? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent June 17th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Oh, hey, folks. How you doing? If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, that is. This is a show where I gob, gab, squawk, and blab about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. Yeah, you know, we're going to go skip roping, jump roping, hopscotching, bottle cap, stone skipping, um, titty twisting, and... uh, Home Invading. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, Janathan, pronounced Janathan, Janathan-Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is yes today's topic is one that is near and dear to my heart something that i'm growing in as a man of faith i'm a christian you know i believe jesus walked on water and he you know is paying for my back taxes you know hell of a guy pardon moi uh saint of a guy saint jesus 
Anyway, um, I feel like I've been called by God to stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. Who would you like me to condemn? Who would you like me to condemn? Okay, fake news. Stand back and stand by. <laughs> My fellow Americans. That evil snake. <laughs> I feel like I've been called by God to um, stand back and stand by. So let me elaborate a little bit. Um, you know... of a frog in my throat. I don't know if you heard that. Ribbit. Hey, it was a tough number. COVID-19. <coughs> Pandemic. Sent the whole world into a tizzy for like three plus years. You know what I mean? And, you know, on the other side of it, and throughout it, and basically as a constant in my life, all-encompassing. I was raised Christian, came from a Christian background, always had a belief in, always had a belief in God. Sometimes I was a little like um, temperamental about it, like, I'm mad at God. I'm not listening. You know, it's like, Huffing and puffing and stomping around like an adolescent teenager, you know? I'm, you know, I'm rebelling. I'm going to smoke cigarettes and smoke dope. <laughs> I'm reading The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. <laughs> I'm rebelling. I mean, who hasn't been there in their 20s, you know what I mean? Doing whatever you got to do to get pussy. Not exactly proud of it, you know? Gacking up whatever you can gack up your nose, smoking whatever you can smoke into your lungs, gulping back whatever you can flush down your gullet, you know, the turbulent 20s. So, you know, coming up as a grimy, young grimy, now the habits behind me, all that hell on earth type of stuff. Always wanted to know God, always believed in God, always sought a faithful path. And, you know, through pandemic, I've reconnected, so to speak. Been reading my New Testament, you know. It's very interesting stuff, folks. Food for thought. I mean, believe in God or don't believe in God. I mean, that's up to each in their own. But one thing you can learn from reading about Jesus is his story and the truth of it. I mean, is that not how the world works? A child is born, allegedly, in my belief, the Son of God, but portrayed as the Son of God, the Messiah does nothing but heal people, doing well, feeding 5,000 people with a loaf of bread and a couple of sardines. I mean, shit. You ever try to throw a party just running over to Dollarama and scrounging up some pretzels and, you know, some couple cans of Dr. Pepper? Try to throw a little party? I mean, you run out pretty quick. This guy fed 5,000 people with just a couple scraps of bread and some sardines. So, you know, he's doing all this do-gooder stuff. And the Jewish high priests were like, he's no good. He's no good. He's a blasphemer. This guy's too good. We have to knock him off. And by jealousy, envy, hate, bureaucracy, they bring him before the Roman courts on some trumped-up mumbo-jumbo Lie on him, calling him a traitor to Caesar when everything else failed. 
you know, Pontius Pilate's like, well, yo, just leave the guy alone. I'm, well, let's just release him. Like, what's all this hubbub about anyways? Who cares? They're like, no, he's a blasphemer. Kill him. Pontius Pilate's like, get lost. I don't, I don't see any fault with this man. Finally, they have to lie on him, call him a traitor to Caesar. That's the only way they could trap him. Pontius Pilate orders his execution. Christ is beaten. Christ is crucified. And then, you know, laid in the tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. Basic story of Christ. And it's such a glaring example of this world. This is exactly what this world's like. All these angry, hateful people, envious and hateful of one another, trying to stomp out good, trying to stomp out grace. I mean, yeah, you can learn a lot from the story of Jesus. So through this pandemic time, I've been like reconnecting with that faith. And, you know, I've been reflecting on all the things God has done for me in my life. And I ain't worth a red cent, you know? I mean, I don't know if you guys don't know if you guys have noticed, but I am a bit of an idiot. So like, yo, like, I've just been reflecting on all the things God has done in my life and brought me through. And that's why it's like, in spite of everything and in spite of my failures and my ambitions, it's like I've been called by God to stand back and stand by. I mean, yeah, I'm an idiot, but also quite ambitious. I mean, you're watching Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Actor, stand-up comedian, extraordinaire, podcaster, you know, talented man. I found that gift from God, um, my personal gift for performing. Everyone has their own gifts. Quite comfortable and enjoying of a performer's life. Found that gift early in my life. And many times I'd be watching stories about successful people and how they went about their business and how they did what they had to do to level up. Working hard, putting in the extra hours, seeking challenges, overcoming, putting themselves through the flames. And so many times I sit back and I watch like these biographies and I'm just like, you know, biographies, documentaries, what have you. I'd be watching these stories and learning about these successful people and I go, wow, I can't believe they did that. And Wow, they have so much ambition and they did this, they did that. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. Scratching my head, wait a minute. I've done much of the same thing. I mean, I ain't exactly no slouch on the microphone as a podcaster. Obviously, you can tell I'm quite funny in order to do the podcasting. So I ain't exactly no slouch on the microphone as a podcaster, as a comedian, as an actor, you know. Dynamite in the sack as an actor. Out, damn spot. Out, I say. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a milky dew. I mean, I've done a little bit of Shakespeare in my time, so I ain't exactly no slouch as an actor, either. So I'd be watching these biographies on successful people that go through the trials and tribulations, and they go through the flames in their ambitions, and here I am putting them up on this pedestal, as if, like, they're so great, but it's like, hey, wait a minute, I, wait a minute, I do like the similar same thing as well. Busting my ass, busting my rump to try to get ahead in life, you know what I mean? And that's what got me thinking, hmm. Because everyone's always going on and on, like, I've been called by God, and they've been called by God, and as a direct result of their success, it's because they've been called by God. Well, I've been called by God too. To stand back and stand by, unfortunately. Or fortunately, however you look at it. Because I think about what, is, what God has delivered me through. What God has delivered me from. One moment, folks. It's hot.
telling you, boy, when you got squawking under them lights, boy, it gets hot. Also went for a run today. That doesn't help the old lozenge throat, you know? <laughs> Huffing and puffing, running down a street, you know? Get a little raspy in the throat. Pardon moi, folks. But as I stand back and stand by in my faith and in my life, I'm reflecting on all the things God has delivered me through. I mean, coming up as a youngin', you know, as a little munchkin, didn't exactly have it easy. Like, basically, think about kids, children. Think about your own life. We all have our war tales, you know. And I hope you can indulge me in this breakdown of um, life experiences and thoughts here, as it may be relatable to you as well, in that idea of standing back and standing by in God. The idea of, for everything that we do have, we always want more. But maybe that's a sign to stand back and stand by. Because there's so much that I've been delivered through by God, I believe. And, you know, for now, that is more than what meets my needs. I don't have the lofty, successful, braggadocious accolades that others may have, but I do have my own humble story and my wins my achievements, and my accomplishments, like delivered through childhood. When I was growing up as a young'un, little munchkin, I mean, yo, a lot of people, you know, the idyllic childhood is two-parent household, middle-class upbringing, shoes on your feet, red fire trucks, and campfire songs, and vacations with grandma and grandpa, and you know, a new bicycle and Spot. Spot the family dog and all that white picket fence horse shit. Well, yo, like when I was coming up as a youngin, as a grimy, young grimy, first of all, no father. Always wanted to know where my father was. I remember as a kid. Like, yo, mom, like, where's, where's, where's dad? Where's my father? Where's dad? Well, um... For some reason, my my mom sounds like a, I don't know what the fuck, Mr. Weatherby from Archie Comics or something. Or uh J. Jonah Jameson. Well, you know, Spider-Man. Get me Spider-Man. For some reason, my mother, my impersonation of my mother sounds like J. Jonah Jameson for some reason. But, you know, she'd be like, well, I don't know where your father is. Look to God, your earthly father. My mom didn't sound anything like that, but... um. You know, I always wondered where my father was. My mom would be like, well, whatever. Look to your earthly father. Look to your heavenly father. You don't need your earthly father. Look to your heavenly father. Though, obviously, a boy needs his father. I don't know what caused the rift between them. I don't know if they were ever together to begin with. I did actually wind up meeting my father a couple times in my life under very somewhat disturbing circumstances. So, you know, did my mother drive him away? But then again, he made it very clear that he was a troubled person himself. So basically, two troubled people coming together, making a child to suffer. Where There were no hugs, no kisses. I mean, as I sit here before you, I don't even remember the last time I was hugged. Not that I give a shit. You know, as a friend once told me, if you don't have any friends, you always have Jesus. So, yo, I don't remember the last time I was hugged. Um, it doesn't come from a huggy, lovey-dovey, gushy-wushy-mushy-pushy, mushy-wushy family. It didn't come from that. Matter of fact, I started off life as a beggar. Dirt-ass, poor, welfare recipient. My mother would like send me around the neighborhood to like beg for cans of food. 
Go go next door to the neighbors and ask for a can of beans. Go borrow a roll of toilet paper from so-and-so. Go ask um, Janet if I can borrow some cigarettes. That was like my first introduction into the world, like four or five years old, getting screamed at by adults, grown adults. You know, I'd be knocking on their door. Uh, hi, uh, can my mom borrow a pack of cigarettes or... Can my mom borrow a couple cigarettes? What's your mom doing sending you here at 7 o'clock in the morning, waking us up? Why can't your mother buy her own cigarettes? What kind of a woman sends a child to go begging? Uh, my mother? My mother would be the kind of mother to do that? A troubled woman doing the best she can, played by the father of her child? Drove him off, whatever the whole situation was. Two incompetent people having children. You know what I mean? So, you know, that was the kind of child that I had, man. And as soon as I was old enough, it was like, Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day in Cinderella. Fix the fire, light the fireplace, wash the dishes, do the mopping. If you remember that old Disney chestnut... I was like Cinderella, man. Not the boxer. <laughs> but I was like Cinderella. Like, um, I was like cleaning the house. Well, the house was a dump. <laughs> but, you know, like, I was forced to do chores. I, like, I remember being like six years old, washing my own clothes, making my own lunch for school. Like, mom never, you know, we had a, we had a, our mother was basically a child trying to raise children. She was doing the best she could. She didn't know any better. She didn't have it much better herself. Matter of fact, from what she told me, she had it very rough and a lot of pain in her childhood as well. So that's basically what she passed on to the kids. Us kids. Wasn't exactly easy. But God delivered me through that. Even during them times too. I just, I always had a, they used to call me noisy. Well, at least that was my nickname for a minute when I was a youngster. Just like, you know, uh, I don't know, an adolescent. Is an adolescent like from 5 to 10? Like from the ages of 5 to 10 or something or some, you know, I was called noisy because I was just so happy to talk to people. I'd be like, hey, 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 how you doing? Nice to meet you. My name's Jonathan. What do you do? Oh, yeah. Do you like Ninja Turtles? I love them. Indiana Jones? Love him too. Star Wars? Are you kidding me? Sure is a beautiful day out. It's like noisy. I was just chatterbox. Just running my mouth off, talking to people. Just so happy to see people. Today? <coughs> you kidding me? I'm like, what's this parasite want? Hello? Yeah, my name's Jonathan. What do, you, what do you want? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. See you later. Completely different. Though God has delivered me through that childhood got hit by a car six-year-old kid got hit by a car um broke my femur had pins in my leg gets a little deeper than that as a matter of fact i think i was set up for the hit not gonna get into that but um you know, it was a deep situation all around. Hit by a car at the age of six years old. Broken femur. Waking up in the ambulance. Oh my God, he's dead. My mom's screaming. They take me to the ambulance. Ambulance takes me to the hospital. Six years old. Broken femur. I was unconscious. Waking up in the hospital, waking up in the ambulance. I remember waking up in the ambulance and they're screaming their heads off. Oh my God. Delivered. Delivered by God through my childhood. I mean, if you live in a big city, I live in Toronto, Canada at the present date. I mean, just this past, uh, it was just this past winter, I saw an article about a little girl Sweet little girl, seven years old. They were in the parking lot of her school. She was getting out of the passenger side door of her vehicle. 
some 21-year-old kid comes peeling out of the parking lot, struck her dead. Beautiful seven-year-old girl. They put her picture in the paper. In the parking lot of her own school. She was going to school. Or she was coming home from school. She was getting picked up from school or going to school. Just backpack, pencil case, pencil sharpener, new shoes, backpack. Her favorite backpack. You know the one. Remember when you had your favorite backpack as a little kid? Struck dead by some lunatic, angry, impatient, detached individual. Some detached individual driving like a mental patient in a children in a in a school parking lot. This girl was seven years old. So, you know, sometimes I feel like I've been called to, called by God to stand back and stand by. I mean, six-year-old me survives car accident. Seven-year-old her dies. I ain't no special whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, that's about having gratitude and faith in God. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And you know, we're all God's children. And he does perform these miracles in our lives, whether we deserve them or not. You know? Delivered through childhood. Um... And yeah, I was like straight up traumatized by the school system. They did a number on me, man. This is hilarious. Um, right now we're seeing that in schools, parents are very much overstepping their bounds, trying to indoctrinate children into their own agenda, whether it be perverse sexual education, corrupt political ideologies, when it's just like, The kids are there to read, write, and do arithmetic, not to be a part of your confused lifestyle and the peddling of ulterior motives and weird misfit agendas, a bunch of misfits trying to indoctrinate the children in this day and age. How I suffered through it when I was a kid was like, it's hilarious, they're such hypocrites. Sit down, shut up, and listen to everything I have to say. And if you don't, you're a bad boy. Okay, so let me get this straight. I want to do whatever the fuck I want to do and say what I want to say. My God-given right to be myself. You want me to sit down and shut up and listen to everything you have to say. So that makes me a bad boy? You don't want to listen to me. Teachers don't want to listen to the students. Shut up and do as I say. I'm teaching. I'm at the board. When I'm at the board, you know what that means. And I'm, they're writing on the board. Stupid fucking idiot. So the kids have to sit there, shut up, and take every word as gospel. Yet if a child expresses themselves, young boys and girls with energy who want to laugh, play, talk, get up, and walk, I mean, it's abnormal to sit in a room eight hours a day listening to some dummy belly ache and blather on. You know what I mean? Yet they're the wrong ones. Such hypocrites. Because as I get older and I see in this world, it's all about attention. Everybody seeking attention. If I can get your attention, I can grow my podcast. If I get your attention, I can, I can grow my performing endeavors as an actor, comedian. Attention is very important. Everyone's trying to get attention. 
they get your attention, they can sell you something. If they get your attention, they can potentially fuck you. You know, people out there, you know, um, in the sex market, people out there for casual interactions, you know, players, hustlers, man-eaters, the LGBTQ plus and beyond agenda, all these perverted people and their lusts, if they can get your attention, they can be lustful and leech onto you through your attention. And that's what all these dummy teachers do. They just try to steal your attention and innocence. Well, they did a number on my ass, as you could probably tell. You know what I mean? And yeah, my feathers are a little bit ruffled, but so be it. Eh, not all teachers are so bad. I had one or two that tried to make a difference, but too little, too late. I was going through a lot. And the only thing that really got me through it was God. God delivered me through my childhood. He put that spark in me. He puts that spark in all of us. That resiliency of childhood. That innocence. That innocence is God. That innocence that we see in children and that we love and we understand and the value of that innocence that we try to protect. I mean, I mean, we should anyways. As I mentioned, all these weirdo misfit people peddling their ideologies and sexual perversions and beliefs and agendas on the children in school these days and all their political, political BS mumbo-jumbo corrupts corrupts the children, makes them angry, makes them turned off, turned off from God, their inner light. So thank God I was called by God to stand back and stand by, delivered through my childhood. I got through it, relatively in one piece. Um, then into my performing life, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know, I mean, I remember watching all my heroes growing up and just being so enamored by them, you know, like Robert De Niro. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm not an animal. I'm not an animal. Why do you treat me this way? <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck your mother. Your mother's cunt! Your mother's cunt! <laughs> you know, uh, Robert De Niro, Bob De Niro, you know, and um, Samuel L. Jackson. Enough is enough! I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Mmm! That is a tasty burger! Check out the big brains on bread! Sorry, folks. Voice a little raspy. You know what I mean? Yeah, they deserve to die. And I hope they burn in hell. You know, Samuel L. Jackson, who's my hero, you know, as a black man with a northern Alberta accent, wasn't always easy finding my place in society. You know what I mean? And then I see like this magnificently magnetic force of a man on film, Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, it's motherfucker there, you jive turkey motherfucker. Talking shit and I'm just like eating my popcorn. <coughs> shit, maybe I can grow up and scream at motherfuckers and pistol whip them and wear a jerry curl, you know what I mean? Like, really motivating, inspiring, you know? Samuel L. Jackson. You know what I mean? And Al Pacino, you know? Because he's got a great ass. And your head's all the way up it. Why are you always going to talk to me like I got to know something? Like I got to fucking know something. You know what your problem is, pretty cat? You don't have enough fun in your life. Why don't you get a job? Work with blind kids. Anything beats laying awake all day waiting for me to come fuck you, I'll tell you that much. 
Say hello to my little friend. You're a bunch of assholes. Because you don't have the guts to be who you want to be. You want to point your fucking fingers and say, there goes the bad guy. Why does that make you good? Oh, you're no good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me? I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. You're never going to see a bad guy like this again. Let me tell you that. Fly, pelican. If I was 10 years younger, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Who the hell you think you're talking to anyway? I'm too fucking old. I'm too fucking blind. Charlie never did that. Charlie wasn't a snitch. And James and Timmy, if you're here, fuck you too. <laughs> My man Al Pacino. You know what I mean? And of course, Denzel. Zell. Mr. Washington. You know? You see this newspaper? It's 99% bullshit. But it entertains me. That's why I read it. But you won't let me read my newspaper. So you entertain me. With your bullshit. You got a dick, don't you? Well, your dick lines up like this. On each side, there's pockets. Reach in there. Pay the bill. Damn Hoyt, didn't know you like to get wet, PCP, angel dust. You were just like me when I was your age, Jake. You were just like me when I was your age, Jake. You were just like me when I was your age, Jake. PCP, angel dust. Come on, wolf. Let me hear you howl, wolf. Oh, Let me hear you howl, wolf. Oh, that jelly and no toast. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Y'all niggas be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I'm done with you. Jailhouse, nigga. <laughs> you know, Zell, uh, come on, man. Major influence on a young actor of any race. And, you know, there's a guy that, you know, alongside his famous renowned films um there's a very um well-renowned well-known speech of his he's talking before um some graduates something very prestigious it was like harvard or something like that graduating class and he goes up there and goes damn students didn't know you like to get wet pcp angel dust (laughs) no he didn't say that he goes um you know he goes into a speech about basically how what served him well in his career was putting God first. And how he was called by God and how, you know, God is number one in his life. And I'm seeing that parallel for, for myself as well. I mean, not the accolades, not the prestige, Quite um, ambitious person myself, done quite a bit myself. Who knows what the future brings? But I'm being called by God to stand back and stand by. I'm seeing that in my life as well. Because, you know, I'm starting to see in my performing that God takes care of old folks and fools. I was a fool. I came from the school of Knox where it's like, yo, just trying to get out alive in one scrape from a childhood, trying to get out there, do my thing as an actor, getting into the workforce, growing up, trying to become a man. And I was like, yo, like, I did all the right things, you know? I mean, I was number one uh, lead actor in all the high school plays, you know? You know, I didn't play much sports, but I played a lot of theater sports. Did a lot of theater sports, you know, um, high school play I was like the leads I was the lead in a lot of the high school plays all that shit went to theater school the whole fucking kit and caboodle the whole mumbo jumbo wackadoo did it all and um yo like 
you know, and I'm sick of this humble pie shit, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm an artist, pal, you know? Just sit down, shut up, and let me show you how this acting thing's about, you know what I mean? Like, getting real sick of being all humble bumble about it all, you know what I mean? But, um, I've been called by God to stand back and stand by, because I'm a fucking idiot. I mean, at least I was, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people in the performing world, they... Yes, they work very hard and they're very talented, God-given talents. You know, I'm, I'm like a talented actor with God-given talents. There's many actors with God-given talents. There's many accountants, lawyers, artists, chefs, construction workers. Like when you have an aptitude, it's been like given by God, right? Fighters, you know, you got a lot of fighters, UFC people. Just, wow, what an athlete. These are gifts that are given by God, these aptitudes that we have, you know, given by God. God is the author of life. These things are authorized by God. I mean, are they not? And as I told you, if you sit down, shut up, and you pay attention, I mean, not exactly no slouch over here on the microphone. Imagine what I could do with a little bit of a task. Here's a script. You're now in a film. (gasps) Oh my God, you know, banging out of the park, no doubt, no question. So it's like, but when I was coming up through my performing days, training and taking on challenges, and I was very ambitious getting involved with like local theater scenes, trying to do this, trying to do that, hustle and bustle. I kind of took the route of the bad boy, James Dean. Well, not James Dean, that guy was a bit of a, like a creep, but like, nonetheless, I took like the bad boy approach, you know what I mean? Like, um, smoking cigarettes, getting drunk, getting high, smoking weed, you know what I mean? And it just like burnt me out and, you know, I really spiraled downward and I had my own afflictions and addictions, you know? Not that I want to wet the bed and whine about it, but I had my troubles with alcohol you know, I really did. Went through it. Um, banged it out. Drank it out. Drunk it out. Did that for like a long time. And then finally, I sobered my ass up and I got it together. And a lot of times performers, they, they, they think that that gives them an edge or some sort of credibility or some kind of grit. But I think the industry pushes that agenda on hapless performers because it's a way to get you under control, get you servile. You know, you're just a servant to your drunken, lustful, baseful ways, base needs. And then you're just easily controlled and manipulated and your value goes <whistles> down, right? <whistles> you know, value goes right down because you're just a lush, you're a junkie, you're a bum. Certainly happened to me. I was like, you know, basically a lush, a drunk, an alcoholic, you can call me. Not that I identify with that. What happened to me was I was spiritually turned away from God. I was looking for something to fill the hole. Alcohol seemed to solve my problems. So I drank and I drank and I drank, drank to excess, drank beyond measure to a point when it's like my soul cried out for change. God cleaned it up. I was called by God to stand back and stand by. God's like, all right, you're too dumb to have an acting career. You're just too stupid. If I, if I give you a, God's like, if he gives me a career as a famous actor, I mean, I did all the things that any actor would do to be marketable or employable. Like I said, you start off as a youngster, you go and you do as much theater and as much independent work as you can. You train Sometimes you go seek secondary education. I did. I went to theater school. I did all the shit that any actor would do, and on top of which, I'm very talented. But like I said, I'm a fucking idiot. So God's like, you're just too dumb. You're too dumb to give you a career. But what I'm going to do is keep you alive. Because like, how do I, you know, like, as I mentioned, the glorification of this sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. A lot of actors and 
and comics and musicians, they joined that 27 club, you know, like the Jimi Hendrixes, the Jim Morrisons, the Janis Joplins, the Kurt Cobains, you know. They die early, tragically, from their excessful lifestyles, the Heath Ledgers. They die recklessly. You know, you remind me of my father. I hated my father. See, uh, madness is a lot like gravity. All you need is a little push. Right? Like, these weirdos, they like, bite the bullet and like, check out early. So it's like, I feel like I was called by God to stand back and stand by. He's like, look, dummy, you're too dumb to have a career. Sit your dumb ass down. Go get the... Like, had I had some sort of fame and money and all that stuff, like, early in my life, I would have fucking... I would have blown it. I would have done something dumb. I would have got hooked up with the wrong people that could care less about me. I wouldn't have known my limits. There were so many times when I tried to act braggadocious and... Or I tried to, like, I really thought that to be a crazy, drunken buffoon somehow gave me some sort of edge and cachet and credit in the performing world. I mean, that's how they market it, do they not? You see a lot of performers who think that they have to have that edge about them when it's all just mumbo-jumbo. I mean, look, if you play the fucking ukulele... Just have yourself a glass of lemonade and play the fucking ukulele. Why do you got to be all snorting coke and shooting speedballs and trying to be some fucking badass? It's about the craft, which was pre-authorized by God to begin with. It was ordained by God anyways, you dumb... Well, you think you're, you think you're talented, stupid? God is the author of life. He put that in you. Shit, do you think I'm like, I mean, if you're entertained by this podcast so far, do you think I sat around and you know, I wrote a couple notes? I scribbled down a couple fucking notes. Yeah, I'll talk about this, talk about that. You know, do some corny impersonations. But, you know, I mean, if you're, in, if you're entertained by this so far, I mean, just flying by the seat of my pants here. Sure, I have a couple notes, but I mean, it's not like I pre-practiced this or anything, or it's not like, you know, I'm just improvising this. And why am I able to do that? God put it in me to do. I'm not saying it's worth a million dollars. I'm not saying I should be handed a golden man statue and slap a motherfucker on stage. Keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth. It's not like I deserve an Oscar, but like, I mean, proof's in the pudding, dummy. I mean, pretty talented for someone who's not even thinking about what he's doing right now. I mean, really, I'm just kind of like thinking about lunch, you know what I mean? Like I said, I got up early and I worked out and had to set up the podcast and everything. Now I'm getting a little hungry, a little peckish. I mean, pretty, pretty entertaining podcast for a guy who doesn't even... Fuck, I don't, whatever, you know? I was called by God to stand back and stand by. My dumbass got delivered from my hoity toity artistic days. And like I said, I really went far down into that pit, became a daily drinker, an alcoholic, a drunk, if you want to call me that. Like I said, I was really just caught up in a spiritual rapture, turned away from God. But yeah, you can call me an alcoholic drunk, whatever. The words fit. And, you know, I was daily drinking and I became homeless, living in a men's shelter. You know what I mean? And as a comedian, I was like a, I was doing a lot of stand up at that time as well. I'm just a complete degenerate, derelict. You know what I mean? Like, um, shit. I mean, I remember, um, when I first got into stand-up comedy, I remember I was just drunk one night, right? I was like, yeah. 
I want to remember this night. I'm an artist. I get fucked up and drunk and high, and these motherfuckers don't know shit about shit. I'm an artist. I'm going to remember this night. I took a lighter, and I burnt a loony. In Canada, it's called the loony. It's like a $1 coin, the loony. I burnt like a loony-sized mark on my leg. Right? Burning myself with a lighter. I'm all high. Screaming and shit. I'm going to remember this night. I want something to remember. Commemorate this night. I'm a fucking artist. I suffer from my art. You know? I thought I was like this badass artist or something. Burnt myself as a symbol of my artistic prowess and my drunken, debauched out there. Yeah, I'm above society. I see little games. I'm artistic. Little did I know as a fucking hack. It's like, you know, somewhere right after myself burning myself with a lighter, one drunken stupor, a couple weeks later I read the biography Prior Convictions by Richard Pryor. Apparently, that motherfucker lit himself on fire smoking a crack pipe. I remember just like reading that. I'm just like, yo, fuck that nigga. (laughs) Fuck that nigga. But I'm just like, shit, I'm a fucking hack. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to live this chaotic artistic life you know I ain't gonna go so deep into it if you wanna really hear some of my you know it's like I always try to take a break from the painful remember whens of my debauchery I always try to take a little break from it but if you wanna go back to Jonathan Ramtrend the podcast episode one I get into the nitty gritty of some of the dirt Dirt that I done dug in my day. I mean, you're talking to an ex-trick, folks. It's tricky. It's tricky, tricky, tricky. Talking to an ex-trick, a John. I used to pay for sex, not on a regular basis. I may have bought in like about five times I bought a hooker. An escort, like five experiences with a hooker escort in my day. Because I thought that was the thing to do. All my heroes did it. All the people I looked up to, in my mind, it made sense. I'm an artist. I'm a bohemian. Society holds no value for me. I don't give a fuck about anything. I'm exempt. I'm special. I'm unique. Well, thank God I'm an idiot. Because I was called by God to stand back and stand by. His dumb ass is like, well, he's like, his dumb ass, my dumb ass was like, buying escorts and getting drunk on the daily and shit like that. And God's like, gonna pump the brakes on you a bit here, dummy. I mean, you're gonna be living a lifestyle like that, making fucking 10 bucks an hour. What the hell are you gonna do if I actually gave you a career? You know what I mean? God delivered me through. Delivered me through all of that. And in the midst of all that too, I was working um, like day labor, temp, temporary labor as like a general laborer. I remember one gig in particular, I was on a loading dock, you know, where, uh, where trailers park, big trucks park on a loading dock to unload their trucks I fell off the loading dock smack on the ground it was like a six foot drop I remember I fell off this loading dock I was hung over and I was rushing around I was acting all dumb on the work site and fall off this loading dock six foot drop bang on the cement and I remember I hit the ground and I was like fuck in my head I'm like 
fuck, I, I definitely broke something. I broke something. I'm fucked up. This is not good. Whack. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. Then all of a sudden, I just... I just stood up. I just got up. And there was a crowd of men. There was like five men standing on the loading dock. And they all rush over to the edge. And they're looking down at me. And they're, they're looking at me. And I just st- stood up. And I'm just like... Not a scratch. And I remember this one guy, Bernie. I remember him. He was this crazy newfie. We used to get drunk a lot. Well, we didn't get drunk together, but we used to share tales of woe. We're both raging alcoholics. I remember he looks, he looks, he looks at me and he goes, "Shit, there, bud. Oh boy, shit, bud. Somebody loves you, bud. Oh, somebody loves you, bud. Hey, hey, they love you there, bud. Somebody loves you, bud. Somebody loves you, bud. Not a scratch. Six foot drop onto the cement. Stood up." Not a scratch. So it was like a real hectic time, like running around doing drugs, falling off of loading docks, drunk, buying escorts. Only five times. I mean, come on, I ain't no fucking saint. You know what I mean? I'm actually at a point in my life now where it's like completely reformed. I mean, you know, I'd like to think of myself as a gentleman. But, you know, I was just doing what, you know, I ain't going to sit here and name names, but a lot of my heroes. I was just emulating or trying to fake it till I make it what my heroes did. And I was really down for that debauchery and I was really turning a blind eye to my inner child, my inner faith. God delivered me through anyways called by God to stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by the children, the beautiful children with their healthy immune systems. It's called the China flu because it came from China. That evil snake. What's life looking for me now? Looking like for me now? What's life like for me now? Well, over six years sober, healthy as an ox. <coughs> I guess that's a horse. I don't really know how an ox sounds. I don't know what the fuck an ox sounds like. Healthy as a horse. <coughs> healthy as a horse um, was working out this morning Um, all my needs are met if I want to go to Best Buy or you know some winners, you know, or if I want to go to the mall, I can pretty much buy anything within reason. All my needs are met. You know, if I wanted to go buy a new laptop today for whatever fucking reason, I could. If I want to go buy an Xbox today, I could, you know. Ain't exactly no Elon Musk in the back pocket, but like, like I said, you know, if I want to fucking... I want to play Nintendo DS like a fucking fucktard. I could go to the mall and buy one. You know, no problem. You know what I mean? And, you know, through pandemic, what we all went through through this pandemic, the uncertainty of it, the bureaucracy of it, the illegalities of it, so many shady things going on during this time as well through it all I've come through this other side of pandemic and it's like I feel better than ever 
and I feel like I've truly been called to stand back and stand by. Thank you very much for your viewership with the podcast. And, you know, I'm going forward with my comedy and my acting endeavors. And, yo, like all's bumps a daisy. You know? Ain't nothing to sweat about. And, you know, I just want to close it out here with a couple thoughts, you know. As I mentioned, I'm a comedian. And um, one of my favorite podcasts that I enjoy that, you know, I'm, I'm still a fan of his, even though he's moved on from this podcast in particular. But Joey Coco Diaz, the church of what's happening now, cocksucker. Who's better than you? Like a doctor, like a soldier, you know. Drop your cocks and grab your socks, motherfucker. We're going deep into the murky waters. Kick that motherfucking mule, Lee. Joe Rogan, I felt terrible. I felt absolutely terrible. The year was 1995. I was snorting coke. I was smoking dope. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. I was stealing with three hands. I was living in the back of a car. You know, dog, I'm telling you. You know, I, got, you know, I just... I'd open up my little notebook at night and I'd read over my jokes and I'm telling you, I would just cry. I would just cry. <laughs> Joey Coco Diaz, The Church of What's Happening Now. Love that podcast. And I love his new one too, um, Uncle Joey's Joint. But, um, yo, you know, I remember hearing Uncle Joey going off about life and it's trials and tribulations. And he related it to a very um, well-known and beloved song. I saw her at the station A red bow in her hair She was standing there on the escalator you know how you forget the lyrics, right? But anyway. You can't always get what you want. No, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you just might find. You get what you need. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't got no Mick Jagger impersonation. God bless him. Keep on rocking, you know. But, um, yeah, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. You know what I mean? It's just like I'm seeing that parallel in my life very much, man. I've been called by God to stand back and stand by. You know what I mean? And it's like, All the meet, all the needs are met. Everything's good. It's all good. And um, definitely taking solace in that. And the last thing is um, <laughs> very funny. A couple days ago, um, I hopped out of the shower, getting dressed, and just like everyone, I put my pants on, two legs at a time. If you're really smart, you can, right? Just. <clears throat> you know, if you're really kind of quick about it, you can put your pants on two legs at a time. But um, anyway, um, I put my pants on two legs at a time like everybody. And, um, you know, uh, but I was looking for my socks. I was like, yo, where the fuck are my socks? And um, where the fuck are my socks? And I'm huffing and puffing and I'm stomping around the apartment. Where's my socks? I'm far off for crying out loud. Where the hell are those socks? Fucking socks. Where the hell are those socks? And I'm like, well, just go get another pair. Because, you know, like like I said, different life than I'm living these days. You know, I started off as a beggar as a child. I'm telling you, as a beggar, we used to wipe our ass with, with newspaper. Mommy, where's the toilet paper? Use the newspaper. Like Ghostface sang. You know, Ghostface Killer? Mommy, where's the toilet paper? Use the newspaper. We used to wipe our ass with newspaper. 
we can afford to go buy no toilet paper like a normal human being. You know, I started off my life as a beggar, begging for food in the neighborhood, begging for cigarettes, begging to get on the bus. Everywhere I went, I was begging. You know what I mean? God delivered me through that. I was reckless, hectic, drunk, dumb, dummy, trick, fucking John, fucking garbage. God delivered me through it. And here we are in this day and age, it's like, I got my own nice pad, and I'm doing very well with my performing, and like, yo, like, I got socks for days, boy, I got stacks of toilet paper, I got a sock drawer, two sock drawers, I got two motherfucking sock drawers on the go, player, I got one sock drawer for the low cuts, you know, like the low rise ones, just for the ankles, the little ankle socks, I got one drawer for the little ankle socks, one drawer for the fucking crews, you know, the ones that go up to your fucking elbows, and then I got another drawer for like one that's, you know, like work socks, like the heavy duty, the winter ones, so I got socks galore these days, you know what I mean, and like, but for whatever reason, I didn't want to give up on the missing MIA socks, I'm like, where the fuck are these socks? They've gone AWOL. I mean, I set them out to wear. Where did I put them? And I'm stomping around and I'm looking for these fucking socks. Socks, ah, where, where the hell are those socks? Then I look down. <laughs> I'm wearing them. I'm wearing them. I'm like, oh. Well, you know, you could have said something down there. You knew I was looking for you. You know, I'm stomping around looking for these socks. I'm like, well, you could have spoke up earlier. Looking down at my foot, talking to it. I'm wearing them. That's that's such a good analogy where it's like, yo, like, we've been delivered through pandemic. We are children of God. All is well. Everything you need, you already have. And in my case, I certainly hope for growth. And in the meantime, I've been called by God to stand back and stand by. Hallelujah. Well, that about does it for another episode of Jonathan Ramchand the podcast. Certainly loved speaking with y'all today. As I aforementioned, actor, comedian, podcaster, many things to come. All in a day's work. Till next time, folks. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramchurant. Signing off from duty on this magnificent... June 17th in the year of our Lord 2023 being called by God to stand back and stand by patience the show is available on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube my own website jonathan-ramcharan.com and as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks, you live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.